On this episode of The Pour Over, we discuss the fifth episode of season one of Westworld, Contrapasso. Tune in as we also chat about new gear pickups and the gear we need to make that perfect brew. Hello friends and welcome to The Pour Over Podcast, hosted by myself, Joe, and Dill. Each week we bring you our thoughts on a certain episode of a TV show, and most importantly, chit-chat about the very thing so many of us depend on each morning. Coffee. So Dill, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Um, about to start school tomorrow, so back to that grind. No more of that lazy bum yeah. life, but you know. Oh. Had a, had a good summer, you know, started a podcast and whatnot, so I think pretty successful and productive summer. But um, yeah. Yeah. How, how you doing, man? I've been doing pretty good. I just got back from a new sushi restaurant that mm. I haven't tried in Cincinnati. Yeah. How was it? It was good. It was like an Asian fusion place. I'm not really usually into those kinds of places, but this one was uh, it was good. They had some pretty good um, like ceviche mm. and they had um, what did they have? They had some nice cocktails. I had a had a drink and um, my friend had a gyoza. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Mm. Not 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 kind of related, but like a week or two ago, I had beef tartare for the first time. This is like raw beef. Oh. Yeah, raw fish, so raw beef. It's very interesting. Fancy. I don't know if I would eat it again, but I mean, it tasted pretty really? good. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I would. Um, but it's it's just it's just a weird thing to wrap my head around uh, raw beef. Mm-hmm. But right, yeah, su- sushi's bomb though. What did beef tartare taste like? Like, what's the best comparison? Um, well, I think it mostly tasted like the sauce or whatever, like it was marinated in. So, I mean, okay. it's like, you know, a little bit sour. I got some herbs and stuff. So, I, I mean, I, I would say it tasted pretty good. It just looked really bad. Um, <laughs> it looked like, like a plate of diarrhea, kind of. Oh my, oh yeah. wow. Um, but it tasted good. So you can't, you can't judge it on what it looks like, I guess. But Okay, so it looked like doo-doo, but it didn't taste like doo-doo. Yeah, yeah. So, and I didn't mm. get sick. I, I was like kind of worried. I was like, I, I don't know, I don't know how that would go. Right. But you know, I, I made it through. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Oh man. Well, um, yeah. Any any coffee news? Um, I I didn't pull up an article or anything. Um, do you have any coffee pickups this week? Or recently? Um, not, nothing too special. Um, I recently tried a new um, a new type of coffee from Oak Cliff Coffee Roasters. I had a friend that gave me their Victor Prosper's Dark Roast. So I... Okay. Yeah, I, I usually don't go for the darker roast, but, um, you know, it was a gift, so I thought I'd try it out. Plus, it's from Oak Cliff, so I assumed that it'd be fine. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. I was surprised. It actually tasted pretty good. I think I have to kind of uh, brew it a few times, try to dial it in. But sure. overall, you know, when I think of dark roast, I think of like kind of like burnt coffee or like basically mm-hmm. l- lower quality coffee that you might get somewhere else. But um, mm-hmm. this one, I think on the bag is something. It says something like a restrained dark roast or some something like that. Ooh. Whatever that means, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I brewed it. I've only brewed it once so far, but it was it was, it was decent. Um, you know, it's like yeah. definitely more of a traditional coffee 
flavor, flavor I guess. Profile. Yeah, the, you know, deeper chocolates yeah. and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to trying that out a bit more. Yeah. It's the uh, the dark roast for light roasters. Yeah, basically. It's, it's like what what was the it was what did you say it was? It was a dark roast, but then they called it something else. Yeah, it was like restrained dark roast restrained. or like some, something like that. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. What about for you? Um, interestingly, you brought up that you have a dark roast. I have one as well that I've been drinking. Oh. Um, it's from Deeper Roots, which is really out of Cincinnati, but I get it at a coffee uh, shop in Dayton called Ghost Light. And it's the Ghost Light Blend. Um, it is a, a pretty dark roast, although I don't know if, you know, because I've been drinking so many light roasts and I switch over to the dark roast. It just tastes so, like, smoky and, like, licorice kind of tasting. Mm. Um, it just, yeah, it is, it is totally different. It's a different vibe in the morning. Like, when you drink a dark roast, I just feel like, I don't know. Like like you said, it's it's like that nostalgic coffee mm-hmm. flavor, um, you know, that we might have smelled when our parents were brewing coffee when we were younger. Uh, mm-hmm. Or it's just, you know, it's it's uh, it's more abundant around us, that dark profile. But, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. yeah it's uh, it, you do have to dial it in. You're right about that. Yeah, I feel like for mine, I I liked it more as I let it cool a little bit. Um, mm. So I I don't know. I feel like you know the flavor kind of developed a little bit more. But yeah, so I, I I don't mind it for sure. It's I don't know if I've ever bought a dark roast ever since I started buying specialty coffee. But yeah, yeah. I think it's good to try different things. I didn't even know Oak Cliff had one. Right. Uh, my friend asked mm. me, he's like, "Oh, do you like dark roast?" And I was like, "Nah, usually they don't do that." And then he sent me a picture. He's <laughs> like, "I bought this for you," and it says dark roast on the back. Oh, so I was like, oh, I bought this for okay. you. <laughs> well, all right then. But yeah, you know, it's it's good. It's, it's good to try different things. Yeah. So if you said I didn't buy the, if you said you didn't like it, he said he would say, "Oh, never mind. Uh, you know, uh, I don't got no <laughs> coffee for you." <laughs> oh, okay. I was just wondering, <laughs> and then throws it away. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. You hear that? Yeah. What well, What was that? It's my. Hario Skirton Pro. Oh shoot! <laughs> Remember you, you mentioned that last week. Yeah, yeah. How's that been? I love it. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's it's really like bulky. So like mm-hmm. you can get a really nice handle on it. Um, and then speaking of the handle, the handle is very sturdy. Mm-hmm. Um, there are plastic parts, but everything feels. You know, pretty quality, not like super rinky dink, and the receptacle for the grinds is like pretty big too, so you can grind a whole lot of coffee. Mm. Nice. I feel like it's significantly better than your previous grinder. Oh yeah, like a Java Zone or I don't know what it mm-hmm. was called. It was like some knockoff. Um, it the 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 thing about that one is it just didn't give me consistent grind sizes mm. the ergonomics were okay and then the grind itself the experience was okay but i just i think that was the main reason my my pores weren't coming out what right mm. um, but i'm very satisfied 
Nice, man. I'm glad. All about that new coffee gear. Yes, which is a great segue. So um, our coffee topic for today is actually on coffee gear. So uh, kind of our, you know, icebreaker question or kind of our first question is what kind of gear do you use? Um, You know, to give you guys a little bit of background, we've talked already about our favorite brew methods and uh, different brew methods we would like to learn. Uh, But Dill, I was wondering for you uh, what you use to brew your coffee. Um, Some people might not realize that coffee making can involve more than just having your kettle and your coffee grinder. Uh, For example, you know, you might use a coffee scale, which I don't have, but um, I understand you might have. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Or do you not? when when I saw this in the in the notes, I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna have to go and list all my things. Everyone's gonna know how much <laughs> stuff I own." Um, but yeah, if if people come over to my place, there's like a coffee corner in the kitchen on Ooh. on the counter is like all my coffee Fancy. stuff. Um, and if people aren't familiar with uh, more you know specialty coffee, home brewing kind of stuff, they're like, "Oh wow, there's like a lot of stuff." Um, mm. so I guess real quick, I can just kind of run through, um, the list of different things, you know, you, you already said, you know, first one coffee scale, which is, is just a basic kitchen scale, um, yeah. that, that I got from my previous roommate and there, there's mm-hmm. actually a really nice Hario scale that is totally extra, like totally unnecessary. I, it's, it's pretty expensive, <laughs> but every, every couple of months oh. I find myself going to look at it and it's like, it just looks nice. And mm. I, I think that's part of the coffee gear, like allure. Is that yeah? It looks nice, mm-hmm. functions well. Um, but right now, it's just a basic kitchen scale. I don't really know what brand it is. Okay. I, I might link it in the show notes if I can find it. But yeah, sure. basic kitchen scale. Um, and then for my grinder, I use a Baratza Encore. It's a electric Ooh. grinder. It's usually the recommended like first electric grinder that you buy. Uh, electric burr grinder. So. It's pretty mm-hmm. consistent to as much as I can really tell, and I, and I like it. I mean, it works pretty well. And because for the first, I don't know, maybe like half a year to a year that I was getting into coffee, I just used a Hario Mini Mill. So it's like a smaller version of that new grinder that you just got. And mm. um, when I use it, I, I liked it. I was like, yeah, I'm like one with my coffee. You know, I'm like just you do all <laughs> manual. I didn't have an electric kettle at that time. I like. Boil oh, okay. the water on the stovetop, grind the beans yeah, by ooh. hand. You know, I was just wow. like in it. And then I started using the electric grinder and I was like, oh, this this is much better. It's um, changing. No, no hate to to the manual grinder. It's it's a workout and it just takes a long time. Yeah. So yeah, so Brasa Encore and then um my go to brew brewer is the V sixty, the Hario V sixty, which I think, you know, we talked mm-hmm. about in that previous episode and then mm-hmm. i use a bonavita variable temperature gooseneck kettle so it's that's a, a nice kettle that's yeah so you know it's gooseneck standard. kettle you can control the pour and then you can choose what temperature you want the water to be at basically mm. uh, for people that aren't as familiar and then it's clutch. yeah it's it's pretty nice i i don't think the variable temp is necessary so they they have an electric mm. kettle version without the temp that's a little bit cheaper so like if this one ever breaks, I'd probably just get that one. Um, okay. Yeah, like, it's not 100% super necessary, unless you just really want to dial it in, like, try out different temperatures, like, what's it like when I brew sure. at 195 versus, like, 205 or something like that. Right. 
Um, but I just kind of turn it on. I don't really mess with the water temp anyways. So I think that's mostly it. And then another one, it's not necessarily gear, quote-unquote gear, but I have a metal spoon that I actually use to stir the coffee while I brew it. And I think that's pretty oh. important. Um, yeah, something I, I started doing, which I think might be slightly controversial in, like, specialty coffee brewing, is when I oh, really? pour my first pour and uh, do the bloom, you know, um, mm-hmm. I stir it after do, I do that to get all the grounds wet instead of letting mm. it wait to, like, let the water seep through. I stir it. And get so the brownie. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of what I do with that. But I think that's mostly the gear that I use. And then I have a bunch yeah. of other brewers, of course. But that's kind of the, the go-to oh. setup. Yeah. Okay. So query. Mm. Um, which uh, V60 do you use? Like, what's the material? Oh, yeah. I just use a glass V60 size 2, I think. Um, Okay. Yeah. I'm not entirely certain on the benefits of the different materials. I know there's ceramic, plastic, glass. I just... Mm -hmm. This was actually, I think, the first brewer that I bought for myself whenever I first got into coffee, and I still have it. So it's just kind of the one that I use. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. So I, I would say the, the scale is pretty important, though, man. Um, really? Yeah. I I, yeah. I, I kind of realized after a while that I almost felt like I needed the scale versus, you know, everything mm-hmm. else. Is, I mean, it's still pretty important. But one time I think I, I brewed using someone else's coffee gear and they didn't have a scale. And I was like, I was lost. Ooh. I was like, I, I don't <laughs> know what I'm doing anymore, which made me feel kind of yeah. bad. So I was like, oh, I need to learn how to brew without it. But. I think mm-hmm. it helps you be consistent and like repeatable, basically. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, if yeah. you if you had to give away one item, which one would you give away? Like, I guess the most you feel like the most frivolous or the most um, not useful gear. Mm, that's how, I think it's all important, man. That's that's how, <laughs> a, that's how a coffee nerd goes. Um, Man. Like one one that you think is like less essential for a starter. Yeah, yeah. I I guess the electric grinder, like you can definitely get by on a manual grinder. I mean that you use a ma- manual grinder. I used one before. I still have one for travel. So, yeah. I think the electric grinder, but it's definitely a game changer. So, okay. I would go with that. I would definitely want to keep all all the other things. So, right. Yeah. But yeah, that's me. What what about you? What, what kind of gear are you using? Um, so I think just having this conversation, our kind of coffee um, philosophies might be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, starting off, I don't have a variable temp kettle, nor do I have one that's a uh, gooseneck that I use. So I actually just use like a regular, um, I forgot what brand it was. It could be like Aroma or something. Uh, or Hamilton Beach, like a regular glass kettle that's electric. Um, I I just boil it and then rest the water for about a minute to a minute and a half once it comes off boil. Um, and to kind of simulate the gooseneck effect, I just I'm just like hella careful trying to pour it. <laughs> <laughs> so like sometimes I'll just like. I, the thing with the gooseneck is you have both control and a steady pour. Yeah. So with mine, I don't have, um, don't really have either, but, um, 
I get more control if I just kind of like sweep, sweep, just kind of like, you know, just kind of like drip a little bit in and then kind of keep going. Um, Yeah. So I I have a, I have that kettle. I use the manual grinder. And before this Hario, I used like this knockoff brand one. That was like super cheap. And um, it was, it didn't hold a lot of beans. It didn't, have a very large receptacle for the grinds and um the the crank was just like it was just like it just it just wasn't good i knew that uh, well later i found out that a big reason why my my pour over was so bad was because i had like these huge chunks on the top Mm. and then like fine grinds in the bottom so um what else um, I also have uh, the Kalita Wave, so I've been using that. Um, it's the uh, the steel stainless steel one, 185, um, I guess uh, milliliters. I don't know. Mm. And there's a 155 one that's smaller. And I use the Kalita filters with that. Before that, I used a Kalita Wave ceramic, which actually don't get it twisted is like completely different from the glass and the stainless steel. It's like a different shape. The filters are different, um, but it still has the same three holes on the bottom, but it's just like a totally different shape. Mm. And um, I don't really have a crawfay or croff. So I just, sometimes I just use like my French press to like brew into, or I just brew straight into my tumbler. Yeah. Um, so those are like really my most essential gear that I use uh, every time I make coffee. Nice. So now, I mean, since I haven't really upgraded any of my gear in a really long time, but since you just basically upgraded two major components, I mean, how's that? How's yeah. that compare? You feel like um, game changing, honestly. Um, yeah, I think the grinder is super important. Um, obviously, if you're trying to get into coffee, buy um, whole beans because it's fresher that way. Um, you know, the oils kind of remain in the bean and then, um, a nice grinder to grind it. Um, Mm -hmm. and then the Kalita wave, the, the, the circular one that I've been using the stainless steel has been amazing. It's very forgiving. I think it's just, you know, I, I feel like the pour is a little bit slower, but it, um, kind of immerses the bean a little bit more. Uh, the the coffee grinds so you get um kind of maybe a fuller body with your with mm-hmm. your coffee and if there's a if there's a lot of inconsistency in the grind size or maybe it's an older bean i think it's a little bit more forgiving in in the flavor profile mm-hmm. yeah cuz when i was using the the ceramic wave um it's not a flat bottom. I get. I think that's what it is. Oh yeah. The, yeah. the yeah the 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 one I'm using right now is a flat bottom versus the ceramic wave was actually just a um, it was just a a slope, so there wasn't there wasn't a flat bottom to kind of like rest the brew. Um, it would just go straight into the cup. So you pick up, you know, you just pick up that initial, you know. So you either get like a really light kind of tea-like coffee or um i guess if you try and like push the issue you'll get something just you know because you keep filling it up filling it up 
mm. you'll get something over extracted. I don't know. It mm. just wasn't very consistent. Yeah. It's always nice to hear about new gear. Um, yeah, but I, mean, I think that goes to show, you, you know, you said like a little bit different coffee, I guess, styles or principles. But, you know, I think that's one thing I like about coffee is, you know, you can get super crazy about it. You can spend so much money. But to get a good cup of coffee, you don't necessarily have to spend a lot of money. You know, coffee's mm-hmm. still fairly basic. You know, water, beans, you know, that's it. But, yeah, yeah. so I, I yeah, I like coffee gear. I'm sure we'll have more episodes to talk about new gear and, um, yeah, new pickups. Yeah, yeah. Maybe at some point we can buy random coffee gear and, and uh, review it or something. I don't know. Hey, shout-outs to uh, potential sponsors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but cool. Hey, you uh, you ready to talk about the Westworld episode this week? Let's do it. Cool. So episode summary. Like I said at the top, uh, today we're discussing episode 5 of Westworld, Contrapasso. And just episode summary here, the episode begins with a private interview between Dr. Ford and Dolores, which we hear about failed Arnold's plans to destroy the park. When Ford leaves, Dolores says to an unseen person that Ford still doesn't know of their plans. Elsie discovers a satellite transmitter implanted in the host that impaled himself with a rock and a repair technician has interest in becoming a coder. Meanwhile, in the park, Dolores, William, and Logan make their way to Pariah and meet El Lazo. They accept a mission to intercept the Union Army's nitroglycerin, which they successfully steal, but later realize that El Lazo was also conning the Confederados. A fight breaks out, and Dolores takes control, no longer the damsel in distress, and rescues William. They escape on a train with a surrendered Elazo while Logan is left to die in Pariah. At the end of the episode, Maeve wakes up from sleep mode and confronts Felix, the technician, to have a talk. So, yeah, um, a lot happened in this episode. Uh, what were some of your initial yeah. thoughts? Um, initial thoughts. Let's see. This episode ranks for me top three. Hmm top three uh i wouldn't say it was better than episode four which i think we just yeah we just talked about episode four um but yeah top three for sure um in general um i liked how it was focused it was very much about you know returning to william and dolores and their journey and a little bit of you know, the man in the black hat. And I liked how you could kind of see those two paths intersecting at some point. Mm. Um, I liked the little Easter eggs, or maybe not Easter eggs, but kind of just the surprises in the episode, especially with Lawrence and El Lazo. Mm-hmm. Also, just, um, you know, hearing about the, um, you know, the the conversation between Dr. Ford and Dolores in the beginning just kind of the the whole Arnold Ford thing coming back again and just becoming more of like a central theme. So I thought this episode was real thick. There's a lot going on here, and um, I didn't really get any questions answered, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. But it was satisfying. Nice. What about you? 
Yeah, this episode was crazy. Was, I feel <laughs> like it, was, it wasn't all over the place. Like it, it was, it was like organized chaos in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I, I really like this episode because I feel like it kind of represents all the things I like about Westworld as a show. Like mm. I think episode four, you know, we talked yeah. about it last week. It, I really liked episode four, but it just had a different vibe. And I feel like yeah. this episode five now, I think kind of gives it back to it. I think while focusing on like mostly just one or two stories within the park, I think it also balanced with some things happening behind the scenes with the corporation and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I really like that. And there are some scenes that are just like super creepy. <laughs> um, we'll we'll, we'll yeah. kind of get into that. And I just feel like, yeah, there's... Yep. Westworld is just really good at kind of presenting the, the information that way. Like afterward, I felt, you know, I've, I think most episodes up to this point, I felt like I've said, yeah, there's just so much happening, but it's not too much. Yeah. Um, but at the end yeah. of this one, I felt like it might have been a little too much for me. Um, mm-hmm. But I still liked it, though. You know, it's just like so much was happening, so much was going on, and it's just right. really intense. Um, but then after, you know, I took, took some notes, I went and read, and I was like, oh, like, technically not that much like a lot did happen but it's not like they had like 10 stories going on or something they just really focused mm-hmm. on some and really just let that right. happen and i just feel like this like the name of the game in this episode is like a lot of character development and mm-hmm. I think a lot of the characters we just see them more information revealed or just kind of grow or something and so i yeah. yeah i like that a lot so yeah 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 what uh scenes made you kind of squeamish Oh man, because um, there's wow. a lot of body horror in this episode, like a lot yeah. of like, just yeah. I, I think the one that, that one that stands out to me is um, the man in black and Lawrence and Teddy when they're mm-hmm. kind of walking around, or like it shows them because in episode four they pick up Teddy and then yeah. um, they're walking in episode five, and then Teddy is basically like slumped over on the horse. He's like about to die and whatnot. Yeah, and the man in black realizes that he needs to save Teddy and in order to do that he kills Lawrence. And I was mm-hmm. like, whoa. Like one, I was I was just like, man, like you you've got me invested in this Lawrence guy over the past few episodes. Yeah. And the man in black just straight up cuts his throat. I was like, oh I mean that's pretty like on brand for his character. But I was like, yo, yeah. I like Lawrence. And then, <laughs> then they string him up and like when after he gives Teddy the blood transfusion they just leave, mm-hmm. and then, like, there's that little boy, um, and he just leaves Lawrence's dead body hanging and, like, dripping with mm-hmm. blood, and the little boy's just staring at it. And I was like, this scene yeah. is not, I'm like, no. But also, it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, Westworld, this, this, is, this is who you are. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that, that really got to me. I, I thought that scene where they found the satellite transmitter mm. uh, really, like, creeped me out, especially when... Um, Elsie pulled the whole thing out. You could start yeah. to see it like unravel and kind of come out of the guy's skin. And then, Ooh. um, I almost thought the same thing was gonna happen to Dolores when she saw that little yeah. hair thing. I was like, "Oh shoot, is she? Does she have one of these transmitters too?" Um, yeah. but I guess she was just tripping. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. That definitely was that. That's the second one I was thinking of. Is like, oh, it's like Dolores is quote unquote unraveling, and then. She's uh-huh. like she's like tripping out because she's talking to herself. She like sees herself, and then she's like starts right. pulling on that thread. Yeah, is this right. definitely had a lot? It's like 
darker scenes, I think. Yes, yes. Um, which it was very, yeah, it was very dark. This episode, mm-hmm. I mean, from the, from the, uh, from the excessive, uh, sensual, sexual scenes yeah. to the, um, the violent scenes. Uh, you know where, you know, man, the man in black, like you said, just straight up cuts uh Lawrence's throat, and then just kind of like creepy body horror, horror scenes mm-hmm. with like you know pulling the bullet out when they're doing the cleanup crew thing. And then also just the satellite transmitter. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, yeah. There's a lot going on. <laughs> um, and on that note, since we're talking about good old Lawrence, um, we yeah. we get the reveal in this episode that Lawrence is not gone, um, that he is actually also Elazo. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about that reveal or just that character development? Um, anything? Totally caught me off guard. I mean, I don't know if you were kind of expecting it, but I thought we was we we saw the last of Lawrence, mm-hmm. and then when he showed up at that table and like lifted up his hat, I was like, oh, you know, I you know, and then um, yeah, I, I was like kind of sad when he first died, but when he came back, I was like, okay, I, I like this because mm-hmm. I really like his acting, I like mm-hmm. his his character, and just just really he he just comes off as very authentic. So I I really like the actor who plays El Lazo slash Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And he is Lawrence, I guess, because later on he reveals to Dolores and William that his name is Lawrence. So I yeah. don't really know what's going on there. Yeah, super confused. I, I was really caught off guard, too. Like, you know, I, we, we saw Lawrence die, and then I was like, dang, that's the end. Um, but then, mm-hmm. yeah, he just pulls up, and then he's, you know, he's looking down with his cowboy hat on, looks up, and you're like, oh, shoot, it's Lawrence again. Um yeah. So yeah, I I'm glad they kept him around, and I think I think this really allows him to d- develop even more as a character. Because as like the man in black's basically like pet Lawrence, like right. he had nothing to do. He just kind of walked right. around behind him. So now mm-hmm. he's actually this really big player, and he can basically have his own story and narrative that I I really like. Mm-hmm. And and even on on that is like they they kind of dropped a hint too in a previous episode um, when. The man in black goes and frees Hector from the jail. Mm-hmm. He comes up with Lawrence, and then the the jailer or like the sheriff, he's like, "Oh, do you know who this guy oh. is?" Talking about Lawrence, he's like, "This is this, yeah. this guy is like the most wanted guy in the West or something like that," which I thought was oh. really weird. Like at first, I was like, "Oh, okay, I yeah. guess Lawrence is just a bad guy." Also, he was he's about to be right. hung, I guess. So yeah. he's just kind of a bad dude. But now that it's revealed that he's a Lazo, I think that just kind of steps it up mm-hmm. to another level where I was like, oh, okay. There's a little bit more to his story. Yeah. Um, well, now I'm just confused, but I don't want to ask any more questions because <laughs> I know I'm not going to get any answers. Yeah, I, I was definitely uh, confused. When they did that reveal, I was like, wait, what? Like, I don't know yeah. what's happening here. Um, I mean, because that yeah. opens up so many questions for like, okay, how do they use the hosts? Are they like recycled, you know, hour by hour mm-hmm. or do they just have clones like there's just so many questions now like with you know i don't know there's just so many freaking yeah. questions yeah like that how how the fact that there's two oh. the same and the, how they fit in because technically like they could be the same person i don't think anything we saw about lawrence would disprove that he's a lazo other than that he was captured um so uh-huh. yeah, I don't know. Like you know, they, and they have the same name, so they're not just twins. So it's very, right. very confusing how it all fits in, and like what would have happened if they ran into each other? I I don't know. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, but yeah, it's interesting because yeah, it seems like Elazo you know, in the narrative is a bad guy working with the Confederados. But then mm-hmm. at the end, it seems like you know he's also a good guy. I, I don't he's know. He's kind of renegade. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm interested to see how that develops because like like you yeah. said, I, I really like that actor. Um, mm-hmm. and so a little bit more intrigue with with his storyline. What do you um, think he's going to use the nitroglycerin for? Man, I, I well, it seems like he's gonna because they pumped it into their his partner or whatever his one of yeah. his employees. I guess they're gonna yeah. deliver it and and blow something up. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. If like secret to- Yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. So it's kind of like a Trojan horse explosion mm-hmm. bomb kind of thing. But yeah. there's that logo with a maze on his casket, though. So yes, it's just like more and more questions. I'm like Westworld. Why do you do this to me? Right. Um, you wonder yeah, so, also, is this yeah. like written in his narrative, or is he also awakening and he's trying to get at something? Like he's trying mm. to get to Arnold also. Oh, that's interesting. I actually didn't even think about that. I thought it might have just been like what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no idea. So, oh mm. man, Lawrence, good old Lawrence. Good old Lawrence. Speaking of Arnold, um, let's go to Ford and Arnold. Yeah. So what do you think about that dynamic right now? Yeah, there's actually a moment in, in this, or not a specific moment, but just kind of in general some scenes where I was like, actually, is, is Ford Arnold or something? Like, huh. is like, there, like, what is that relationship? What is that connection there? Like, I, I don't think right, he right. is, but I feel like there's just this kind of... Yeah, I feel like Ford has this tension with Arnold um, as a mm-hmm. character, like more than just like, yeah, he's this partner that I had and we started this this park together. But there's just like right. something else going on there, and I I can't, yeah, I don't really know. So mm-hmm. yeah, it seems like he he doesn't want the the host to be talking to Arnold or like whatever mm-hmm. you know when he's interviewing Dolores and like. It seems like whatever "quote unquote" Arnold code or whatever that is also doesn't want Ford to know. So I feel like there's just some yeah some tension right. building up there. So yeah, yep. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I had this weird feeling that maybe Arnold or maybe Ford was actually a host, and that mm. one of them made the other. Because like that scene with Ed Harris, uh, the man in the black hat, when when they actually met, and that scene was crazy. Yeah. Um. Oh my god! And when when Teddy grabbed the knife, I was like, "Oh snap!" Um, but anyways, Ford says answers his question about you know what does this all mean? And Ford says, "Well, if you're looking for the moral of the story, you could simply ask. As in, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you can ask me. You know, like I'll tell you." But then Ed Harris says, "I would need a shovel." Mm-hmm. So is that saying? the true creator of the story or the true moral is hidden with Arnold? Or is that saying, like, I don't know. Because, like, that's just a weird thing to say. Like, oh, I'll I'll tell you. And then, you know, you say, like, oh, I'll need a shovel. Like, okay. Mm. Like, I'll give you the scoop. You don't have to dig for it. But he doesn't ask. Interesting. Yeah, that, like, that... Also was a very surprising scene. I was like, oh yeah, Man in Black, mm-hmm. and then uh, Teddy are just gonna get a drink or whatever, and then Ford just shows up, and I was like, whoa, 
And then yeah. the man in black actually recognizes him and knows his first name. They're like on a first name basis. Yeah. So I was like, oh, what's then? What what's the story here? Basically, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they they just kind of have a pretty intense dialogue there, I guess. Um, yeah, it was it was tense. Yeah, so I, yeah, you mentioned when Teddy like grabbed that knife out of the man in black's hand. I was like, dang, Ford again is flexing his god muscles. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know if he made that or if that's like built into the code, like that no one can mm-hmm. hurt Ford even more than like no one can already hurt humans. But, right. Or he has some like control and stuff. But yeah, I actually really like that scene as a whole, kind of like. Because, I mean, we, we, we can go backtrack and talk about some of the previous scenes, but, like, the whole time, I just felt it was so chaotic. Like, so much was happening during, like, mm-hmm. the Dolores and William scenes. And yeah. then it really slowed down once they got to that scene with um, Ford and the Man in Black. And I feel like mm-hmm. it ended the episode at a good pace. Whereas before, I was like, oh, it's just, like, so much stress. I feel like the pace is so yeah. fast. And then they kind of, like, yeah, slowed it down, and it just, like... Is really really big contrast that I noticed. Yeah. So I I I like that scene. I think that's probably my favorite scene in the episode. I would say. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like how like the scenes. I feel like the the side scenes in this episode were not wasted. Mm. You know, like even though they weren't central to the episode, like the scenes with the technician and yeah. his kind of like playing around with the bird, and at the end with Maeve's kind of like awakening, mm. and then the scenes with um with uh, Ford and um, the man in black, like all those scenes were like significant, even though it was really just about William and uh, Dolores. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just like kind of dropping hints at like big things to come. But it wasn't like, it it was also very interesting. Like all those side scenes. I was like, Oh wow. Yeah. Um, I think that's, Mm -hmm. that might've been what tipped it over the edge for me where I was like, oh, just so much to take in. Like the Uh the William Dolores is already so good and like so much happening. And then they add like, yeah, the technician, they add the LC and like the satellite thing. Yeah. So it was very. And Bernie's just chilling. (laughs) Yeah. Bernie just chilling this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like small, small little, um. I guess Easter egg that I noticed during that scene uh-huh. with Ford and the Man in Black because they they basically yeah. they stop to take a rest for Teddy because Teddy is is obviously he's like hurt and he's like he dying, needs a, yeah. he's a break and the Man in Black basically sem- says something along the lines of like oh I guess that donation from Lawrence is running out and then that's when Ford oh. shows up he at first uh, it just it's a shot of the table and then someone puts a bottle of whiskey down and just for like huh. a second. The brand on the whiskey is St. Lawrence. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I actually had to pause and go back. I was like, did I say that? Like, um, yeah, he's like, yeah, I guess that donation from Lawrence is running out. And then he drops a bottle of, like, Lawrence whiskey. So it's just Interesting. Really, really small detail, which I, I thought I, I appreciated that. I assume, I mean, yeah. it has to be on purpose. So, yeah, so that, that was just cool. The attention to detail in all of this. Yeah, um, I guess we could backtrack a little bit and talk about the main story, just like Dolores, William, and Logan, mm-hmm. um, and some some of that yeah. development there. Uh, yeah, what would you think yeah. of their the continuation of their quest into oh, Pariah man. and like the heist and all that stuff? Yeah, well, I mean, like Logan's a total 
you know, <laughs> butthead. Um, he's 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 really, I really dislike him. I don't. There's not really anything about him. I feel like is redeemable. Yeah. Um, Dolores coming out as kind of the the heroine in this episode was really tight. Just seeing her and becoming her coming into her own and just taking on that that role of like you know gunslinger in that scene mm-hmm. that was like super cool yeah i just i, I really like her a lot now mm-hmm. so you know my my two big mvps lawrence dolores yeah what did you definitely, think definitely agree yeah I, I just thought the the focus on their quest their little storyline was a lot of fun I think it was mm-hmm. just enough of that Western kind of uh, vibe, especially when they went to go steal the nitro. They like kind of like they, they yeah. pull up on the horse drawn carriage and they're like, yep. "Hey, we we know you got you got some of the goods or whatever." And they kind of have a little standoff, <laughs> like that whole little scene. Like basically, is, I mean, it's just taken out of a Western movie, and like I, I just yeah. really liked it. Um, and is 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 pretty enjoyable. Um, I think so. Instead of just like all this kind of deeper, all this other stuff happening in the park and whatnot. It's like them is William and Logan actually playing a part in, in the park, I guess kind of like just mm-hmm. go and being the guest. Um, so yeah. I thought that that was a lot of fun to watch. Um, and, and once again, you know, you, you mentioned that at the end when Dolores, um, saves William and shoots all the people at this scene, when they're robbing the nitro, that's when William goes and shoots all of those, um, soldiers. So I think mm. there's this parallel mm. again. Mm. In the previous episode, is like both of them couldn't pull the trigger, and then, I mean Dolores does eventually. But and then this one is like both of them basically do like a small massacre and kill like three or four people each. Mm. Um, and they do it to save each other because Dolores is about oh. to get shot. So William shoots the soldier and then shoots everyone else, and then Dolores yeah. at the end shoots all those people that are gonna hurt William. Right, um, right. So I, I just kind of like that development, like, well, parallel development with each other, but also just as his yeah. characters kind of going out on their own and, and kind of doing, yeah. thinking independently, I guess. And Dolores isn't just that, like, you know, that farmer's daughter anymore or, or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, and William's kind of, yeah. Yeah. And she's got some explaining to do to Teddy. Oh, yeah. And so does For William sure. to his wife because they kiss passionately. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how you feel about that. Do you, do you ship that, Dolores and William? <laughs> um, yeah. it, I mean, yes. I mean, that's that's their kind of spiel in this in this uh in in ever since uh William and and Dolores met, you could just tell like they were mm-hmm. supposed to be together. I mean, like you know, not supposed to, supposed to, but like yeah. you know, you know, something's gonna happen. Um. Uh, I think it's gonna cause some drama later mm-hmm. on in the season, um, or or not. I don't know, but uh, I feel like it would. Maybe Teddy gets mm-hmm. you know in it because he's already in Sweetwater. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe Teddy just... finally gets a a more pivotal role after just being like dead for three seats. Maybe three that's episodes. his awakening. Maybe maybe that's how Teddy kind of wakes up as he uh, yeah fights back. Yeah, I mean that's how the Man in Black motivates him at first. Because Teddy's just mm-hmm. like, just let me die, bro. You know, just just kill me. And then he's yeah. like, um, oh, they they came and got Dolores. And he's like, they have Dolores? And then he kind of gets up, and that's his motivation. So I, I think you're right. Yeah. I think there will be, like, 
Because these storylines are kind of just playing parallel together right now, but they're slowly getting closer and closer, I feel like. Um, mm-hmm. So at some point, I think there'll be some type of confrontation. And I, I don't know if it'll be like a big deal or maybe they'll just all join together. I don't know. But yeah, it's uh, very interesting. And also, I just I liked that basically Dolores, as she's developing as a as a character, she also like just physically changes because she changes her clothes. Um, so she yep. kind of looks a little bit more like the guest. She's kind of wearing the normal um, instead of that dress or whatever. So, yeah, I kind of like yeah. there's just, yeah, as a whole, just character progression forward. Um, and yeah, man. I, I, I guess a, a fun fact, since we're talking about Dolores, I, I was doing a little bit of, little bit of research on, on the on the wiki, and apparently the um, the actress that plays Dolores, Evan Rachel Woods, she says that this is her favorite episode um, as, um, as the actress for basically the reason that you're saying is like Dolores becomes the heroine in this one. She's not just mm-hmm. a damsel in distress anymore. And yeah. um, I, I was reading about it, and, and in an interview she said in that last scene when she is about to shoot all those people to save William, William, like, tells her, he's like, oh, Dolores, run, you know, it's fine. And she's, mm-hmm. in the interview, she says the first time they filmed it, she actually ran away. <laughs> oh, Yeah, because wow. she's, she's so used to, like, being at, as that character, just running yeah. and just fleeing from the fight that she actually did it. And then all That's the people crazy. on set were super confused. They're like, wow. what just happened? <laughs> so she even believed it herself, maybe, in some ways, as the actress, like, Oh yeah, like so this isn't who it originally was, but yeah. Shoot. Um, so I thought it was kind of, kind of a fun fact. Well, I know we missed out on a lot, and uh, you know, you listeners, if we miss something big, please let us know. There's so much to talk about in every episode of Westworld. I think this one in particular had so many juicy things, and we didn't even talk about the miscellaneous stuff we wanted to talk about. And I think we totally could have dived deeper into different, mm-hmm. uh, you know, columns of these things we were talking about. Um, but, uh, just, I just want to keep us moving. Um, so yeah, if you guys have anything to say, please just write in or just, uh, comment, whatever. Um, but yeah, Dill, uh, what's making you happy this week? Yeah, for sure. Uh, this week, well, like I said, this is the last week of the summer for me before I go back to school. And, um, earlier this week I went to the theater and I saw Crazy Rich Asians kind of big, oh. the big deal this past week, yeah. I think, as a movie. And yeah, I had a really good time. I really enjoyed the movie. I, I would recommend people to go watch it. Um, nice. I mean, it's, it is a rom-com, so I think it's not mm-hmm. like the best movie ever, right? I, I don't think sure, it's sure. supposed to be either. So I think some people mm-hmm. might be hyping it that way. It's not the Asian Black Panther. Yeah, it's not. I mean, yeah. But it's still it's still significant in terms of like cultural moment and stuff like that. Yeah. So is I, I think I, I did have those moments kind of like oh yeah you know everyone in this is Asian you know um, so that that was really cool to see. Uh, but as a whole, the movie was really fun. I think. Um, and yeah, I liked it. Even though it was a rom com, there were a couple of moments I was like ah I roll my eyes, but I still liked it. <laughs> I think as that genre, it did it really well. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, well, what's uh, what's making you happy this week? This week, uh, actually, this past Friday, uh, I I went out with some friends here in the local area, and uh, we just had a good time. We d- don't really spend a lot of time together, um, but uh, we 
uh, work together. I'm not going to out, out anybody, but uh, it, it was just good. It was just good to kind of hang out with some uh, people and kind of see them in a different setting. So it was, it was nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks as always for pouring it over with me, Dill. I know there's so much more we could have talked about in this episode. Um, and thanks for everyone else who's tuning in. Um, as always, Westworld leaves me with more questions and answers. And we hope to talk about the next episode with you all next week. Keep on brewing. This was the Pour Over Podcast brought to you by Joe and Dill. You can email us at pouroveshow at gmail.com and tweet us at pourover underscore show. Our artwork is by Daniel Liu. Find him on Instagram at herecomesdaniel. Music is by Joshua Yin. You can listen to his other tracks on soundcloud.com slash kidmajestic. One word. Thanks for joining us and take care. Peace.